Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. These panels have been made possible thanks to Double Exposure and their game design convention Metatopia at Metatopia Online 2020. These panels have also been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and moderators at this event. Now, let's get to it. Episode 303, New Tools for Old Hands. Presented by Olivia Montoya, Donna Pryor, and Avanel Wing. Hello, Metatopia. Uh, welcome to New Tools for Old Hands. This is a panel specifically to introduce people to some of the technologies that we have discovered uh, as part of being physically isolated, ways to stay social, even though the world is kind of a hard place right now. Um, I am Avanel Wing. I run Metatopia. And I am actually the token Luddite on this panel because some of this stuff is all new to me. And uh, Donna and Olivia are here to help me with my learning curve. Donna, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Donna Pryor, also known online everywhere as Denicia, D-A-N-I-C-I-A. Um, you can find me at aboutme.com, about me, about.me slash Denicia, if you want to get like a whole big bio. But I work for Catan Studio. Um, as the community director, I also um, run OrcaCon, the inclusive tabletop convention. And we're going virtual, so this is all really fun for me to talk about. Olivia? Uh, yes, uh, I am Olivia Montoya. Uh, I use she, her pronouns. And um, I am what you could call an obsessive hobbyist in uh, regards to tabletop role-playing games, uh, LARPs and creating tools for playing those online. Brilliant. So, oh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you can find me online. Um, uh, I, I under at metaparadox.itch.io. Um, I, I use some variation of metaparadox in uh, most online spaces. Awesome. Um, also, there's a Bitly link that we you can use to kind of follow along and access tools uh that olivia has put together for us afterwards olivia what is that link so it's bit.ly slash uh new tools old hands i will paste that in the twitch chat got it ah there we go fantastic okay oh. so um a, we're going to touch on a couple of different platforms and a, a couple of different concepts. Uh, just to give you kind of an outline, we're going to talk a little bit about Discord and what Discord is and what it does. We're going to talk a little bit about streaming platforms and the tools to access them because there's both a ton of streaming platforms and a ton of tools out there. Um, and we're going to talk specifically a little bit about Twitch. And also about Facebook, both streaming and honestly, as a social media platform for how people are using it to connect. Um, and then the thing that indicated to me last year at Metatopia that I had been head down and had missed some serious innovation was itch.io .came, came up. And I had no idea what people were talking about. I was like, what, uh, do you need a cream? Is there something I can do to help you? And all of a sudden, this whole new world opened up to me. Um, and so I, I was aware coming into this year that this year's Metatopia would be a lot of talking about what technologies people were using. And then, you know, COVID accelerated that for me and was like, whoa, we're innovating and moving really quickly in a bunch of different directions. Um, so does one of you want to start in a particular place? What, on Discord? We could just go yeah. down our list. That's start awesome. There. Yep. So what is Discord? Uh, Donna or Olivia? 
Well, so Discord is uh, mostly it's it started out really kind of as a community chat, much like the old IRC that was set up. So people that have you know have been around a while used IRC, which is Internet Relay Chat. That's essentially what Discord is, but it has you know because IRC was really big in like the '90s and even in the 2000s, and then social media more took off, so less people were doing there. Um, you had more stuff on like Google Groups and and different things like that. So this platform, it's free, and and then the communities, especially gaming, has really, really taken over being a part of this. But obviously, because you can see us and hear us, it also has a video chat, uh, voice chat element. Um, plus, you can customize it in a lot of different ways. As uh, If you've been to any virtual convention so far, you've probably seen it in action and probably joined. I am a member of probably 30 Discords which I have turned notifications off on them. <laughs> so, so I don't have you, constant updates. When, <laughs> <got> you you <laughs> say, <laughs> when you say 30 discords, what does that actually mean? Because you open so up like I'm in one. So you have a channel, like we're in a channel right now for Metatopia panelists. But then you also have one for Metatopia that is just for, that's just like open to everybody who has registered for Metatopia to talk. Right. So that I'm one for uh, this subreddit. So if on reddit.com is a subreddit about streaming. So I'm in that one. I'm in one for OrcaCon. And so when you set up a discord, you have uh, you have your main discord and then you have a bunch of channels that you can create. So you can create text channels and you can create voice channels. So I have, you know, I've got one for Catan Studio for OrcaCon. I'm in a cipher tier. I've got some Renfair friends. I got gaming friends. I've got set up one for my D&D game. I've got one set up for my Star Wars game, Star Wars RPG. So there's just like a lot of stuff. And it's also a way for streamers to uh, have contact with their community and also for them to have, you know, like a voice chat for doing in-game things too. So the if you're doing digital games. To me, um, Olivia, just let me, I want to say this for people who are having a hard time visualizing this because you've never seen discord it is kind of like having a bunch of forums inside of a big bucket that lets you access them all down a thing and so you like click in one and everything in that forum pops open and you have access to it Do, does that sound accurate to the two of you yeah yeah pretty much uh, yep. discord so because uh, as... another one is like oh go ahead uh, the, ahead, generally referred to as servers, and um, they uh, there's a column down the uh, the side of the the, the program uh, that where there's the logo for each of the different servers that you're in, and uh, there are notifications if uh, you are tagged in something, or so if someone mentions you, um, then you will get a notification, uh, or if someone mentions a role that you are in. Uh, one one of the important things about to understand about Discord servers is roles. It's uh, like a category that you uh, can be in, and the admin of the server can determine whether or not people can mention the role as a whole. And so everyone in that group would be tagged or not. Uh, a lot of servers have um, have blocked uh, most members from the ability to mention everyone in the server because everyone would get a notification. Yep. <laughs> so, I got distracted um, by the fact that there's a protest happening outside, and this is not usually a protesty place. So, sorry, carry <laughs> on, Donna. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so you could just think of them as when you have the tool open, and the tool is you can download the app or you can do it on your browser. So, for people who may not want to run a full app, is that you can still use this using a browser. Um, if you're using a browser, it's not as great on the video chatting part because you really kind of need the full app. Um, but you can communicate, so you can easily access it on iOS and Android also. So it's pretty cross-platform. And uh, you can change your name, you can change your, your nickname, you can do a lot of different things. Um, as an administrator, you can tag different people with different roles. So that way, you know, like your moderators are certain roles. So it's color coded, but you can also just use some text on there for, you know, so like you want to make sure that when your colors that you're thinking about uh, color blindness, 
and things like that. So there's a lot of different how-tos to make Discord more um, um, accessible also. So uh, another thing that's important to know about Discord is the difference between your overall nickname and your individual server nickname. So you have uh, a universal Discord username that people can use to look you up, uh, where it's your username, um, hashtag, and a number. Uh, and uh, in addition to that, in each server you're in, you can set a custom nickname that is only used in that server. Um, but you don't, uh, don't want to change your master nickname if you just want to be referred to in one server as something a little different. And it's uh, being able to change your nickname is very helpful to add things like pronouns or uh, other important information. Yeah, because um, so, so like what document... I do. Can... Go ahead. Nope, go ahead. Go. I was going to ask a question, but you're ahead of me. Go ahead. Nope. Oh, I was just going to say what, part of the value of that too is when you're like when I do a show, because um, I'm just, you can find me as Denicia um, hashtag. Um, you know, five, five, one, one. So if you, um, and then you can, when you make friends, you can see what other part, other discords you might have in common and different things like that. What's important about being able to change the name is when I go into a convention and I'm representing my company, then I change my name to my, my real name, or I'll put like Catan Studio Donna or Catan Donna or something like that to indicate that I'm actually an employee um, and uh, not an attendee. So it's a good thing that you can, as uh, when you're running a show, is that you can tag people and then you know who actually, you can give those permissions to. So somebody might be able to moderate their specific channel that you give them under a Discord. So one so thing. really adaptable. Super oh, adaptable, yes, uh yeah. Discord has so many options for uh, customization and uh, and permissions, especially like um, so. There's generally a hierarchy of different roles that are able to do different things in in your server. And if you're the admin, you can set like certain channels. Only certain roles can access this channel, or only certain roles can um, can uh, comment in this channel, but they may be able to read it. Uh, there's a whole checklist of different permissions for each channel that you can set or each category of channels. Like you can divide channels up into groups um, with a heading, uh, which is great for organizing. Uh, and then you can move them around however you want. Oh, uh, we should also yeah, talk about uh, server invites. This is something that a lot of people don't, don't get on the first time they try it. Uh, the default uh, invite for, some, for bringing people into your server will expire in 24 hours. Uh, what you want to do is, uh, if you want a, an invite that lasts longer than 24 hours, is uh, when you're creating that, uh, uh, click the option to change that amount of time to whatever you want. And it can, you can set an invite to be permanent. and uh, at any time, you can also delete an invite um, so that it would stop working if you don't want people to continue to be able to use it. Uh, I confused an awful lot of panelists coming into this because I did not catch that at first and sent out a 24-hour invite. Um, it's really easy to uh, change things and to adapt, but there is a lot happening. So in the... Um, in the document that Olivia put together, there is a link to a beginner's guide to Discord, um, which I have to say has helped me get my feet under me significantly more solidly. I was kind of fumbling along in the dark. Um, voice channels. Talk a little bit about like the how you accidentally end up broadcasting into a voice channel and what you can do to avoid that. Oh. It, um, Go ahead. It, Go ahead. In some cases, when you join a server, you can end up accidentally in a voice channel. Um, all, all you have to do to get out of a voice channel is you go down to where your avatar or your your profile picture and uh, and your name is, and you see above that uh, it says video connected or audio connected, and then there's a little phone symbol with an X next to it, and you click that to leave. And uh, 
it, it's 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 pretty simple to uh, join a a video uh, video channel, and all you have to do is click on it. Although it won't turn your video on right away unless you uh, and I think there might be a way to set that, but generally it does not. Uh, you have to turn on your video, but you can you can also mute yourself. Uh, you can deafen yourself so you can't hear what's going on. Um, you can turn your video on and off. Uh, it's very flexible. Um, so our document talks about bots for Discord. Um, I, and Honestly, also, Donna was just talking to us before we came on about bots that she uses on, they use on multiple platforms. Um, let's start with Olivia. Talk a little bit about your favorite bots and what they do, and then we'll go over to Donna. So uh, bots are one of the areas where that I'm especially interested in when it comes to uh, Discord, because it means that uh, third parties can create all these tools to integrate with Discord and do a variety of different things. Like, for example, there are dice rolling bots that um, you can invite into your server, and uh, uh, there's you can use commands to roll dice. Or there's also uh, bots for scheduling or for uh, people looking for games. So one dice bot I recommend is called Sidekick, and that is linked in the documents and there's also a bot called rpg scheduler or rpg schedule <laughs> and there's also bots that um help people set roles for themselves if you want people to be able to join a specific role like you can set up a role for uh pronouns for example that will um, change the color of somebody's uh of somebody's name uh according to what pronoun role that they have um that's something that some servers do, or you can put a different role based on uh, what, uh, like what skills somebody has that they want to share in a server uh, that is uh, focused on game development, for example. Uh, that's something I see a lot. And uh, so, uh, some bots that are good at roles are Dino and Carlbot. Carlbot allows you to set up uh, reaction-based roles so that if you uh, react to a message with a specific emoji, then it adds you to a role. And yes, uh, uh, oh. go ahead. Uh, there's also yep. bots that can handle moderation and uh, like you can that are that are set up so that you can add custom commands in as an admin for your server, or even bots that uh, can play music. Uh, <laughs> Or like create like uh, like a point system that uh, that like uh, depending on what you do in the server, how active you are, you can uh, get uh, something out of that, and like uh, have leaderboards, or like you can spend points on different things. It, there, it's there, it's a wide world of possibility. Donna, do you yeah. have any favorites that you want to talk about? Um, I do. I use ME6. It's M-E-E-6. And uh, so I have, there's there's a free account and then there's a premium and I have the premium uh, installed. Um, I do love the music thing. So a lot of times I've got it set up in OrcaCon and I've made some YouTube playlists. So you can add songs individually or you can create a YouTube playlist and just import the playlist and have commands. As a matter of fact, I need to make a how-to guide so other people can use it. Um, but, uh, I think that the, you know, like you can do like music quizzes, you can set it up to, uh, do notifications for YouTube. You can also set it for new, uh, notifications for discord. Um, the moderation is great and I love the welcome. So when you welcome somebody to the chat, um, especially if you've got a really busy channel, the notifications can really ramp up real fast. So like with OrcaCon, I've got it set that when they join, that they get a PM that says, okay, I need you to read all these rules. <laughs> this is what we're about. And then when you're ready, come introduce yourself. And so yep. that way it lets people see everything up front and not be overwhelmed like, oh my gosh, here's all these channels. And then once they introduce themselves, then I assign them a role and then they can see the whole thing. Because um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are not nice. And so you want to make sure to keep down on the amount of bots like actual not bots that are useful but spam bots and things like that 
Yes, uh, um, security is an important thing to keep in mind if you admin a server or if you're a moderator of a server. Um, there are different ways that you can set up um, security levels on your server, at, even at the base level, without adding any bots. You can set it so uh, someone has to have a, a verified uh, account or phone number um, or like has to have been in the server for 10 minutes or have to have an account that's older than five minutes. Uh, that can get some of the uh, like the low effort uh, trolls and spam bots out. But you may want to uh, uh, use additional bots with like that can augment your security capabilities uh, and use, especially what, what Donna said about um, using roles to have access to different channels. Um, just as a note, we uh, double exposure for Metatopia. You can't get into the server, like you can get to the server, but you have to accept our terms, uh, our code of conduct in order to see the whole server, and that's all done using bots. And um, our code of conduct is going to be, it's off of a Creative Commons code of conduct that is very multi-purpose. I will include a link, and I will have our tech person include some information on how he did that, so that if other people are interested in having people have to funnel through, uh, you can steal some of that work that we did on the back end if people are looking to set things up. Okay, anything else on bots? Is there anything about Discord that you want to share that we haven't shared yet? Uh, oh, I just want to point out that uh, you, well, while you don't have to be a programmer to like use a bot that can set custom commands, if you are a programmer, you can create your own bots. And I have included a link um, for how, like the basics of how to create your own Discord bot in the document. That's fantastic. Thank you, Olivia. All right, streaming tools. Donna, I think you're our resident expert. Do you want to start us <laughs> off on this one? Yeah, yeah. Um, so as you can see, we're all here on Twitch. Um, but uh, just to upfront, there are actually different streaming programs uh, or software. So the ones that are really big is Twitch. There's also YouTube and um facebook so you can go facebook live you can go to youtube gaming or just youtube live it's a way of being able to do what exactly what we're doing right here but put it on a platform of your choice and so you once if you're going to stream you have to ask yourself uh, a few things number one why why do you want to stream um you have to set the importance of how much can you dedicate um you know, there's all kinds of questions you have to ask yourself, and I'll add some stuff like that into this document when we're done. Um, but if you've decided that, oh, we want to be on Twitch, no, it's going to be really, really hard to be successful without a lot of friends <laughs> to help you along the way. So um, if you're going to get started in Twitch, uh, there's the different paths you can think of. Anybody can start with Twitch. You can stream to Twitch on your mobile phone, on your tablet, or your PC, your Mac, or whatever. It really doesn't matter because you're using encode, software uh, encoding programs to do so. Um, but you could also, just like on Facebook, you could just go Facebook Live. I'm sure that some of you have already done that before, where you just turn on your webcam or you turn on your phone and you just stream right to Facebook. Um, but there's also more structured programs. And so I'm going to have links to all that. Um, so when you think of a software, when you think of like, let's say Streamlabs or OBS or XSplit, which are like the three big, more budget oriented, um, lots and lots of people use that. There are some huge high volume ones that you would get from using, like if you're at a big corporation, you're probably investing in like Wirecast. And I can tell you now as an indie creator, as a tabletop creator, unless you've got a corporate office, <laughs> Like I work for a corporate, I work for Asmodee. So that's the kind of thing that we would spend money on is like Wirecast because we're doing a ton, a ton of different things with it. Um, but generally you just need some software. And so like um, most of the software like OBS and, and uh, Streamlabs and XSplit, they have free versions or trials. And so you can subscribe to them. Another thing that you can do, because if you can see me, you can see I have a background. It's a really cool background. So part of XSplit, they have a thing called VCAM, which stands for Virtual Cam. 
And so if you're like right now, I was showing this off to Olivia earlier, is that I could change my background at will. Here you go. Or you can see my messy room. So there's all different ways that you can play with these tools. Um, and so uh, the XSplit VCAM, which is great because you can use it in Zoom. So it's not just for streaming. Is it any anywhere you're going to have a camera is that you can use it in that program? Because when you choose your option, when you're, whatever platform you're using for like work or whatever that you're going to have a video is that this will work. So it, it's not only a streaming tool. The XSplit VCAM is a camera tool. Um, so when you get started, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get started. My PC that I play games on and run on Twitch is like five years old. So hello in the background, Abby. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, um, so what do you, when people think about, okay, I want to make money on Twitch. That is a very, very hard thing to do. I have made more money as an affiliate with Dice Envy than I have made on Twitch. Um, most monetization programs, and I know it's like this for uh, YouTube or no Facebook, but um, to get to like affiliate level is what I have with uh, Twitch. So I'm a Twitch affiliate, which gives me extra tools that you can subscribe to my channel, which helps me out. Um, is that you? Uh, I can create emotes, so you get emotes based on like the amount of followers and you know and all these different stuff. So you can have custom emotes that show off, so people can use those in your chat, which are real fun. Um, you can also receive bits. So bits is like tipping. So when you you as a viewer you buy bits, and then you can award them to different streamers who are affiliates or partners. So it's a way of generating uh, revenue. And then there's also ad revenue that comes in. And so when ads are shown, if people watch the ad all the way through, then you get ad revenue. So there's all kinds of things to think about. More than likely, none of you are ever going to be a Twitch partner <laughs> because you would have to live and die by Twitch, really, or YouTube or Facebook. So you're not going to make a lot of money, but you can build a hell of a community. And that's really where this is useful for all of you. Um, there are like, I've got a lot of friends who are partners. I don't ever see me going partner because I have a day job and I run a convention. So I don't have the, uh, I don't have the time, but a lot of you are freelancers. So you understand freelance and you understand the gig economy, right? So whatever you're doing, if you want to be, if you want to make money on Twitch, you're going to have to sacrifice something else. And that's going to, you know, do that. So, but you can be an affiliate and make money and build a community and have a whole hell of a lot of fun. Um, Facebook is really, really easy to get started. They've got a little bit different monetization policies, uh, but they do what's called stars versus bits. So those are the kind of things. Uh, before you do any of this, um, you want to think about, um, like I said, your hardware, you want to think about your software, and you want to think about where you want to be and what kind of audience. If your audience, if you have a huge like Facebook group and Facebook audience, go to Facebook Live. Don't go to Twitch. You know, if you do a lot of YouTube videos, if you have a lot of followers, if you really are building up YouTube and doing really creative stuff in YouTube, go to YouTube Live. Twitch is not the end all be all, but it is where a lot of video games are going and a lot more um, content like cooking and baking and tattooing and art and adding. So they've they've got a, a a, a thing called just chatting which i was on like dice envy last night they were talking about their latest dice sets and it was really nice and so it's set up like this which we're going to talk about also which is asset creation so when you are looking at this video you can see around us there it's called an overlay so it's laid over what we're seeing here on discord essentially uh, or whatever program you use to film and capture everybody in zoom or whatnot and then an overlay is mapped out and then the different cameras are moved into place. So those overlays, it's, um, it's called, they're called sources. So you bring sources into your uh, software. And so that's how you get to do that stuff. And I think there's a link in here about getting started with RPGs, about how to do RPGs. Um, there are places that you can get free assets for things. Um, but a lot of it is free trials and things like that. But I did put one down because what is important is having good assets when you are using social media to promote your streams. 
So I've got a link in there for something that if you see my Twitter today, you're going to see that I did one in like two minutes, which is just my face and some text as a good way to say, oh, yeah, social media. You got to have a photo. You got to have a gift. You got to have a video of something like that. Um, one of the cool things that Twitch does that or that one of the cool tools that exists for streaming is that there are captioning tools that will do a reasonable, plausible job of putting captions on things. We are using one that I think is about 75% accurate with um, American English speakers right now. And so for people who are hearing impaired, we actually managed to create this tool that is live captioning as we're talking and putting it directly up on the stream. So that is one of the benefits of all this technology exploding all of a sudden is that there are a bunch of accessibility tools that are available. Yeah. Um, the, the hard part, yeah, uh, there's not anything that's like a really, really perfect solution for captioning. Um, uh, a lot of like on YouTube, it's really hard, but a lot of people will do also manual. So, you know, when they're going back, if they're making a video, they will go back and transcribe it. You know, so that way they have the captioning when they post. So it's much easier to do if you're just doing a video versus doing it live. <laughs> that, that's when it gets a little dicey. Sometimes you'll see things on the screen and you're like, I have no idea what they're trying to say. So, um, but you have to be aware that you're also going to lose space in whatever you're streaming yes. to go with that. So you have to think about what's going to be. So like right now I'm doing extra life. So I have an overlay, which has a banner up top and on bottom. So with the things that are at the bottom is that you wouldn't even be able to see the captioning going on on there because it's just so busy. So if you're doing captioning, right. you want to keep it uh, pretty clean on your overlays and maybe just use a, you know, a just brief overlays because you've got, so when you start, you want it like a getting, like, you know, we're about, about to go live kind of thing. And then you have your live um, and then you can put like, I'm going on break or intermission or whatever, you know, if, for things like that. So. Um, you want to look at those chat tools. You can also, in using different chat tools, uh, is that you can make your text larger if you're going to have your Twitch chat on screen. Because a lot of people on mobile don't know that either they don't know or don't see because you'd have to kind of peel away a little bit from the action to use chatting in mobile. So it's, some people okay. will put up the chat right on the screen so you can see it. And you can adjust the font size. So anytime I do that, I always make it like bold and large so it can be read because I have to think if I was right. watching it and I'm farsighted, so I can't see up close. So big fonts are always right. a, a favorite for me. Um, let's see what else. Um, so, yeah, if you want to see some like if you're doing an RPG, I'm going to say this right now. Critical Role is great. Don't try to compare yourself to Matt Mercer. It will only bring you heartbreak. Those people are paid voice actors. And I mean, this is a fun thing that they started, right? But they're, they're, pay they're actors. They're actual actors. And most of us are not actors. <laughs> so um, don't think about having to be like Matt Mercer uh, when you're doing an RPG online. So if you want to stream one, is that you could just be yourself. You know, like when I, when I DM, I don't use voices. Um, I'll change my demeanor. And things like that try to make a little bit more clues you know when i'm using npcs and stuff but just just if you're looking at, at streaming rpgs um narrative it will always beat out your voice actor stuff so if you've got a good narrative if you've got really great people on your stream who can interact with each other that is way more important than having a hey you know kind of paid actor to do this unless you are a paid actor and then you know how to do it and you're great um, but right. just a little bit of think if you're nervous about running games on a live stream, stuff is always going to go wrong and that's okay. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And especially you're if, you're, if you're, when you build your community, because your community is going to think of that as, you know, as fun stuff. It's like you were there for that weirdo thing that just happened and then it becomes a running joke. And that's one of the ways that you start building a community. You know, because if you look at Critical Role and if you see you see people in T-shirts all the time, like when Critical Role first came out, they did those five gold in a party. So you would know that if you watched Critical Role all the time because you'd remember the song five gold and a party. So those are the kind of things that will bring a community together is the spontaneous things right. that you do. 
Olivia, do you have anything to add about streaming? So I don't really do streaming. Um, I have played around with bots, um, but and I watch streams, but I am not really an expert when it comes to streaming. Uh, that that's fair. I just wanted to make sure that if you had something to add, you got a chance to. Um, yeah, because I, I I will just I will I'm so passionate about this stuff that I will just talk and talk and talk and talk. Um, I will say that the the things going wrong, someone actually contextualized it for me and was like, look, MSNBC is covering the election. You don't need your stream to be more perfect than their broadcast. They make <laughs> mistakes and things go wrong all the time. And I went, oh, oh, that Oops. makes Metatopia way less stressful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a question from Kat THM. Uh, what RPG yeah. Twitch streams would you recommend as good examples? I would highly, highly recommend Rivals of Waterdeep. Um, it is an all POC cast and they do fantastic stuff. Um, and then Twitch is actually supporting a season and we're hoping, I, I don't know yet if it has been approved or anything like that, but there's a new RPG called uh, The Motherlands. And it's all black creators. So I highly recommend looking for those, you know, supporting, uh, you know, marginalized creators and tabletop. And so this whole, the whole RPG is being published and produced from uh, Twitch itself. So it's really, really exciting. Those are my top two that I would share. But, uh, oh yeah, say, hell yeah, Rivals. Yeah, Rivals of Waterdeep <laughs> is fantastic. Uh, so this is also really creative. Is it Tanya DePass, who, who I love? She's she uh, does my she's my programming uh, lead for OrcaCon, and she also is our diversity and consultant. So she handles um, everything amazing about panels. Sorry, I have a cat. <laughs> I have two. Um, is it she also does on her on, on her own? So the Motherlands, I believe, is it's like right on her channel, but she also does one that's like Dungeon Crossing. So they are in Animal Crossing. And they're playing uh, uh, RPGs. So like they'll do one-shot RPGs. So it's got a table, and then it has, like, they have, like, books in front of them. So all these little things from Animal Crossing. And so the video is them, and they do reactions in Animal Crossing. And so that's what they're streaming, is playing D&D or RPGs in, the, in Animal Crossing. So you don't see their faces. You know, you see, you could see their little avatars. So, yes, <laughs> you did see a kitty. Yes, that's Rocket the Rescue Kitten. <laughs> uh, hi, Rocket. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> um, He's like, okay, I want to so play. <laughs> uh, Olivia is actually the first person who said something, something itch to me at itch.io at Metatopia last year. And so I'm going to give her the talking stick to tell us a little bit about what itch.io is and why it's awesome. Yes. So um, I, I have been uh, excited about itch since 2017, um, but it's really only uh, like in the past uh, two or three years that, um, that it's become this huge platform for uh for indie tabletop role-playing game creators to uh not just sell their work but to network to run game jams so basically itch.io is a platform for selling games and for game jams and there's some com other community elements as well um but the the cool thing about it is that people can upload things for free or pay what you want they can upload scraps and thing, uh, games in progress, demos. It, it started out as uh, more oriented towards uh, indie video games, but um, then the uh, TTRPG community grabbed hold of it, and now there is just like an explosion of creativity there. So if, if you're not familiar with what a game jam is, um, it is an event, uh, either in person or entirely digitally, where you have a, a period, a set period of time to create a game. Whereas some, there are a lot of game jams that are specific to video games. There's a lot that are specific to tabletop role-playing games. There's some that are uh, uh, accessible for both. Um, and uh, within that period of time, you make your game uh, generally from scratch, uh, but you may, there may be tools you're able to use. Um, and 
usually there's a theme. There's not always a theme, but um, I'm really big into game jams. Game jams are what uh, uh, led me to get into itch and creating games um, because uh, I, 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 2017, that was, I, was my first game jam. And that was actually for a video game jam, but uh, I was hooked. Um, and that's also how I discovered Discord, uh, coincidentally, was that someone running a game jam had set up a Discord uh, server for the game jam so people could interact and create teams. Um, and uh, I just uh, fell in love. Um, and since then, I have run... Uh, a lot of my own game jams that are uh, themed around um, uh, usually uh, inclusion and diversity and uh, education. So, for example, I run Ace Jam, which is going to be on its fourth year this January, uh, this next January. Wow. Uh, it, Ace Jam is the first and only asexual themed game jam. So it's about creating games with asexual characters. And it used to be just like focused on video games, but now I've I've opened it up fully to like any sort of game is welcome. And there's also Aerojam, which is relatively new for aromantic spectrum identities, and the neurodiversity in games jam, which uh, was uh, was had its second year this past summer. And in addition to game jams, <laughs> there's there's a um, there's a lot of uh, things that you can do. Um, in regards to how you want to distribute uh, like games that you create, even uh, even if they're like something that's just like a single page, you can within minutes set up a page so people can download your game. And uh, so what what you what you do to uh, create a page for your game is uh, there is. Uh, you can set the title um, for the game. You can add up photos. There's a there's a description box. You can add tags so people can find your work. Um, and then the the important thing to think about is whether you want your game to be a free download. You can set it so it's totally free, no option for um, receiving payment. Uh, pay what you want, where you set a recommended price, um, but people can uh, pay any amount from that point up. Or you can set a specific price uh, where people can uh, also pay that point up. Um, but, oh yeah, pay, pay what you want. You can also uh, set it so that you can get it free if you want to. Um, but um, there are two ways of getting paid uh, through Itch. Uh, one of them is through PayPal, uh, and the other is a platform, called, uh, is a payment platform. Uh, service it's uh it's called payoneer i'm not as familiar with that uh paypal is pretty well known um and uh you have to have a, a certain amount of money before you can re uh, request a payout but it get every single payout is um uh looked over by a human so it takes a little while and but uh, it, even if you aren't looking to make money, uh, there it's a great platform for getting eyes on your work. And like you can put up a, a demo or a, a, a beta version of your game, and like uh, you can even set up a little forum um, on your your game page so that people can talk about it and like discuss things. You can uh, create devlogs, which are like uh, it stands for developer log. So as you create your game, you can update people who are following it or have it uh, saved to a collection on their account that they can get an update whenever you post a devlog so that they can follow the process of you creating your game. That, that's that's probably really cool. So it's, so it's a sales platform and a community building platform. Yes, there's there's also forums like that are specifically for community building overall, but um, individual game pages can also have forums on them or comments. And there's also a, a star rating system so that you can rate other people's games and um, from uh, one star to five stars and then uh, leave a review. And oh, I didn't mention that game jams can also be uh, ranked. Um, they can there can be prizes. So uh, people can, in some cases, you if if you don't uh, if you want to set it up so that um, it, there's a competition element, um, people could um, 
can uh, rate games during a rating period after the game jam ends and then uh, announce winners after a certain amount of time. I've seen some game jams that uh, have physical prizes or digital prizes, um, and some of those attract, um, like, literally thousands of people join in. That's that's really cool. I've, I'm really tickled by the idea that um, so many people are engaging in game design on a platform that, to me, just popped up, right? It's so new. Yeah. Like um, they- we, have an, we have an audience question. If you're offering freemium content on itch, are you capturing emails, itch account numbers? I think this is a question about how you stay in touch with those customers once they've potential customers once they've interacted with your content. I'd have to check for sure, but um the if someone does pay for your uh for your game, um, you do have access to a contact email, but you are, according to the terms of service of itch, you're not supposed to collect that for any other purpose, but like, uh, like uh, uh, there's just a list of specific things that you are allowed to do and not allowed to do under the terms of service. Uh, I, I would recommend that you check that out before you use anything with an email that is provided uh, when someone purchases your game. Right, especially because uh, GDPR means that if you're interacting with international customers, you have to be really careful because those fines are outrageous. Just be careful. Be smart. Oh, uh, if you do want to communicate with people who have um, bought your game or uh, otherwise downloaded your game, there is a way to send out emails um, with updates, for example. Um, so if someone is like following that game, you can send an update email, like uh, uh, or and people can uh, you can set a devlog like whenever you uh create an updated version of your game, and people will receive the link to click and get the new download. That's oh, another thing, I, another thing yeah. I have I have yet to mention is bundles and sales. So um. There are a lot of uh, like community sales on itch where you if you as a creator will generally get an email saying like, hey, we're having this event like for, say, Halloween um, during this period of time. Like click here if you want to join in on the sale and then you get to choose like what is your uh, what is your what percentage off are you uh, uh, putting your game at or if it's. Uh, a, a bundle of multiple games. Do you want to set a specific bundle price only for that bundle? And also, do you want to set a goal for how much money do you want to earn during this sale? So sometimes, like you can set up uh, a sale for a specific thing. Like if you, like I've done this before to raise money to get uh, get to con- con- conventions and conferences. Like saying, like, hey, if, um, I'm selling my game for a discounted price, so I can get to this convention. Uh, and like, here's my goal. And that helps me out a lot. I just shared an example of a bundle because Jason Pitt with Genesis of Legend put together a bundle of from Metatopia designers of weird, weird experimental things that kind of fall into the spirit of Metatopia. And it's actually a really interesting example of like how rangy and diverse a bundle can be. And literally, he asked people to submit, and there's a process that is just, you do this, and now you do this, and now you do this, and pop, there's a bundle. And I find that functionality really cool. You can either create a bundle of just your own work, or you can do a a co-op bundle with other people. Uh, And probably the most well-known one was the bundle for racial justice, where there was approximately $3,500 worth of content for a donation of $5 and up. And so thousands of people bought this bundle and raised millions of dollars for charity. That's fascinating. Okay, so we are at 12 minutes before the end of the panel. So what I would like to do is spend the next seven minutes Uh, kind of sprinting through our favorite options in the other platforms and other other tools that are available right now. Um, And then the last five minutes, we're going to do a recap of where to find us and who we are and how you can buy into the projects that we're doing. Um, So Donna, do you want to start by just mentioning a couple of your favorites on the other platforms? 
and other tools that we've got listed? Oh, you're muted. I think you're muted. <laughs> I was typing, so I didn't want to go <laughs> while everybody was doing stuff. Um, so I think I'm going to add some stuff here. Um, so there's a lot. Well, let's see. Where are we? Did we get to, let's see, safety tools, uh, video chat programs. Um, you know, my favorite thing for board games, if you're making board games, is Tabletopia, especially because everything on there is 100% licensed, um, which working for an IP, um, I'm very aware of, like, why we don't use other, um, you know, other platforms, but I absolutely adore Tabletopia. And the great thing about it, too, is um, you can partner with them in different ways. Ah, sorry, cat. <laughs> The cats are all fighting around me this morning. So um, the great thing about Tabletopia is that you can partner with them, especially if you're a convention, to be able to like give your uh, game hosts, people that are running games, access, you know, like premium, because you have free access, and then you have premium games, right? So if you have premium, you can play all those. And also with a premium account, you can invite uh, free members to play in those games. So... Um, that is kind of my favorite. They are really, really good about working with companies to get started. Um, if you have a board game and you are going to be using Tabletopia, I highly recommend that during conventions that you let people play your game for free. So uh, that has been a huge, huge thing for like, aw shucks. It's probably going to be a big thing for BoardGameGeek.com's uh a live show that they're doing in a week, two weeks, something like that. Um, you know, it's been used for like Gen Con and uh, two weeks. So uh, that is my favorite uh, for virtual tabletops. I actually really like Foundry. Um, you can do it in the cloud or you can do it local. And that's what we use for our D&D game. Um, it's super flexible. They're making changes to it all the time. It's a little bit easier than working with Roll20, but Roll20 has a ton of resources. Um, for you to be able to put your games um, in that space. Um, but also, don't feel like you have to use a virtual tabletop, especially if you have a very narrative game, is you can do what we're doing right now with just having you know your overlay that has information on it. You can put your character names and, and pronouns and different things like that. So you can make these designs. You don't have to use a virtual if you want to do theater of the mind. So I think that's a really good way to use for... Um, especially for fate, you know, those kind of games and uh, story games and LARP games is that you don't need stuff on a map. If you're playing stuff with on a map, but sometimes we don't like my Star Wars game, we don't use a virtual tabletop. We use uh, a dice bot in Discord to do our rolling. So don't feel like you have to, you know, do them all, but do check them all out to see which one would work best for you. Yep. So Olivia? I uh, I have been, I have I dove headfirst into the possibilities for running LARPs online as soon as the pandemic began. And uh, it's the community around that has exploded. There are, there are panels upcoming about this topic, so I won't get into too much detail, but I do want to talk about a platform called Gather. It's at gather.town. Uh, this is a video chat platform with an interactive 2D map element. So you can create a gather space where, with a 2D map background that you can set, like where are there impassable walls? Where are there objects you can interact with? And you have an avatar that can move around in this space. But the cool thing is that when you approach other people's avatars, their video feeds fade in. So not uh, like, like this is like a great space for running LARPs that uh, have a spatial element in person. So like if you want to have different rooms and like people can like sort of cluster up and talk or have a, you can even create private spaces where everyone is who is inside the, the private space tiles can hear each other, but anyone outside cannot. Uh, or you can set a block in, on the map where you can announce things so that everyone in the gather space can hear you. I think it's really cool, and it has only be, been created since the pandemic began. I am so excited about this platform. Um, that sounds and, really fabulous. Yeah. And I also um, just want so to the, oh, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted go to ahead. plug the, the concept of character keepers. The um, so you can uh, 
like it, it, a lot of people are doing this uh, as a, like I, the gauntlet, I think, pioneered this um, where you can use Google Sheets and create um, like a, a document that keeps track of characters and then like uh, use a template and sort of pull from that. And you can have uh, if you if you learn the skills for uh, creating these, like, which I have I've linked in the document um, that I shared uh, that you can create drop-down menus for like choosing things for specific games, and like it's essentially like a character sheet that uh, people can all access online through Google Sheets. Um, I want to give a quick shout out here because I just thought of this. Uh, Second Life is still going on, which is also good if you want to have characters. So, like I was talking about Dungeon Crossing, where they're an Animal Crossing, you can run RPGs with people in Second Life. And you can do oh, cool. virtual LARPs in Second Life. So Second Life is still going strong. It's been out for a million years. Um, but that's another option, too, if you really want to have like a 3D world around what you're doing. Um, I'm going to take a second and plug Double Exposure's Envoy Gateway. Um, the Envoy Gateway it has a calendar system where you can uh, search for games to play on online platforms. Uh, so we cover Tabletopia, we cover Board Game Arena, we cover uh, Tabletop Simulator, um, and we work with our publishers to make sure that the versions of the games that are supported through the gateway are the official versions of the games. Uh, to address uh, Donna's IP uh, concerns, we're very careful about that. Um, but what it is, is our game masters go in and post the games and say, I'm going to be online at this time in this place come and play with me. So they teach the games. They um, they might use a Discord or they might use Zoom in addition to the platform to make sure that you can learn the rules from a game master that knows them. And so uh, that actually was born out of our experience with Gen Con Online this year, where, where we were like, oh, people are actually looking for this all the time. And so instead of just hopping onto Tabletopia and hoping that somebody knows how to play the game, you can actually search by tags, find the type of game you want, register, and then our system will send you reminders saying, hey, don't forget that you signed up to play this game. <laughs> Donna has gremlins. It's awesome. Dude, right. They're both like, no, I want to be here. I want to be here. No, I want to be here. <laughs> uh, we're five minutes out so I'm going to start with Olivia Olivia where do we find you and if we want to give you money for the things you're doing like game design how do we do that um, I, you can find me on metaparadox.itch.io but if you want to get to like all of my stuff and like see all the stuff I'm working on bit.ly slash Olivia M portfolio which I will uh, put that in the Twitch chat as well uh, let me awesome. Yeah, we could put our contact information uh, stuff over in our document too. So we should uh, do that when we're yeah. done here. I, th I suppose the thing I'm most excited about right now um, is creating tools for playing secrets and powers LARPs over Discord and Gather. One of which is um, a Discord bot that uh, is ready to play tests. I just need games to convert into bot commands. And number two <laughs> is a web app to work with Gather to essentially take care of inventories and to um, create embedded web pages that you can put into your gather map so people can interact with the structure of a LARP. So if people have a Secrets and Powers game that they would love to have converted over to Discord to test your bot, they should reach out to you? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I will paste the link where you can find all of my stuff um, and uh, get, get in contact with me. I think my email address is there. That's awesome. Thank you, Olivia. Uh, Donna, where can we find you? Um, today, today's a great day because I am streaming for Extra Life to raise money for Seattle's Children's Hospital. So you can go to twitch.tv slash Denicia, or if you're in a chat, just click on me and that should get you to my page. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Um, that's a whole thing about social media, about why my username is the way it is, but it's underscore Denicia underscore. That's where I am on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, no, I will not friend you on Facebook because that's where my family is. So uh, those are the easiest places to find me. Um, and you can also find me anywhere that's OrcaCon. Yep. 
Yeah, and if you again, have like, not been to OrcaCon, yeah. go go sign up. As uh, is signups open for OrcaCon yet, Donna? Uh, yeah, I've got. So if you go to OrcaCon, there's a little update, and then uh, you can look at on my socials that because I created a tabletop events site. So the registration, if you want to go to OrcaCon, if you want to do pickup games, hang out in the Discord, watch our streams, you don't need to register at all. You only do if you need to sign up for scheduled games. So if you're playing like Adventures League, or if you're playing a specific scheduled game, then it's $2. But I also have a scholarship. So if $2 is hard for you right now, and it might be, and I, we're not, we don't judge at all. Um, no I do have a scholarship. No shame. I have a scholarship. I am happy to get you and your family and friends uh, registered for OrcaCon for free. I will totally do it. Uh, the information for the scholarship is on orcacon.org. And then you can also look and see all our guests. This year, we are um, focusing on Black creators in tabletop. It's actually for 2021. It's in January. And we're going to keep all those same guests for our hopefully in-person show in 2021, 2022. So we've already signed that contract. So maybe I'll get to see you again, Abby, if you come out this way in January. <laughs> As um, soon as we are free to move about the cabin. So, so if you're a publisher, if you have a game or something like that, you want to be an exhibitor, you can do that for free. And um, if you want to send me an e email info at orcacon.org, then I'll know it's you. And then I'll just approve you immediately and you'll be listed as part of our exhibit hall. Cool. Olivia, one last you had reminder. one more note? Yeah, one last reminder, the document with all uh, the resource links, including a lot of stuff we didn't manage to get to in the panel because of time restrictions, is bit.ly slash new tools old hands. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you helping me talk about this because if it had just been me, everybody would still be in the dark. <laughs> Thank you.